Man, I'm excited today. We started a new series, and we're walking through the, the book of Hebrews, and the series is, you know, Jesus is. And so uh, I love what's happening here. Um, you know, this, this book was uh, written uh, really as a, as a letter to be read to these Jewish converts here. And uh, matter of fact, not only was it read, the whole letter was read from beginning to end, much like a sermon, because a lot of these Jewish converts uh, probably were a lot like us. They were really struggling with living counter to the culture that they lived in. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes it is hard to live differently than the rest of the world. Well, you know what? These Jewish converts, they were were finding the the same thing to be true. And here's what's happened. They wanted to go back. Man, they, they wanted to go back to their former ways. Now, don't raise your hand. But how many of us in this room have been tempted yesterday... Man, just to go back to the way it was before we were following Jesus. So listen, in in a world where our culture is changing, it seems like things are picking up pace. In a a world where there's wars and and rumors of wars. In a a world where it seems like, man, morality is changing fast. Not just uh, far from us, not just in our culture, but in our families even, our immediate families. Man, I think this is such an appropriate uh, time to, to walk through the, the book of, of Hebrews. So we're going to walk through it. And because, again, uh, it is just so easy to, to do what the world does or to be tempted to go back to the way the world is living, to go back to what it was like before we followed Jesus. And what I love about the, the book of Hebrews, and, I, and I, this is my prayer for you. I hope that as we go through it, I hope that you'll start reading it on your own in, in your quiet times. But it's going to teach us uh, the richness of who Jesus is. Like we, we know Jesus, but I, I hope that uh, even today when we get through today, that you're going to have this richness of, of knowing who Jesus is a little bit more. And it's not just going to be a head knowledge. It's going to warm your heart. It, it's going to encourage you that uh, you, you won't be the same when, when you leave here today. That, that's my prayer. You won't be the same. But I think what's going to bless us is we're going to better understand what Jesus has done for us and what he's doing for us. Not just what he's done for us, but what he's also doing for us. And if that's not enough, I want you to be encouraged. I mean, this is practical Christian encouragement. Calling us again to see who he really is. But also it's encouragement to, to live faithful. To live in faithful obedience to him. As we trust in his word, we trust in his work. Both past and, and present. So it's such an important message for today because here's, here's the truth. We tend to drift. Man, there is a temptation. There's a subtle pull to drift. Uh, we don't want to, um, but again, it's subtle. And sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes you sort of, like you come to your senses and you're like, man, how did I get here? Man, this is not where I want to be. How did I get here? I, I grew up near, near the coast in South Carolina and uh, there, there was nothing for us just to spend a day in Myrtle Beach, spend a day at Surfside, spend a day Isle of Palms, John's Island, James Island. It was just nothing to go to Edison Beach. We, we would do, as a family, we'd go and spend day trips there. Take a big cooler and no sunscreen. All right? So that's how we went. And I, I'll never forget, my mom would say, hey, you know what? Now, look, this is where we are. Pay attention to where we are. Pay attention to where we are. She spoke to me a lot like that, repeated herself multiple, but still does, actually. <laughs> this is where we are. And, man, you know, we're riding waves. We're body surfing. You know, we're doing all that kind of stuff. And, man, I would, it was like I sort of realized 
Mom moved. Well, Mom didn't move. I mean, the current just took us further down the beach, sometimes 50 yards, sometimes 100 yards. And sometimes I'd see Mom waving at us, you know, and, hey, come back, come back, you know. Man, don't we do that sometimes? Golly, it's just so subtle that, that we do that with our, with our faith. Well, here's the thing about drifting. It takes no effort to drift. None whatsoever. Man, hey, I, you, just, you just keep doing what you're doing, and you realize, man, I, I've drifted. Drifting is just going with the flow. It's just allowing the, the culture and the current of the culture to, to take us. And here's another thing about drifting. It never leads us. It never leads us to our desired destination. We always end up going, whoa, where am I? It's almost a sense of, of feeling, feeling lost. Well, I think in today's culture, it's easier to drift with the mainstream, maybe, maybe more than ever before. And that maybe it's just because I live here and now. But it's easy to drift with the mainstream than it is to stand up and to take action. And, and here's what the book of Hebrews is doing. It's warning us in Scripture, man. It is filled with, with just warnings. He said, hey, hey, I'm warning you. Hey, don't drift. Hey, let's link arms with, with each other. I think by the time you get out of this, this series, you're going to see how important it is not for you to live individually for Christ. But that you have linked arm in arm with people in your growth group, in your step studies, on your ministry teams. And it's so important that you and I anchor our hearts and our minds on God's truth. Because listen, when we realize that Jesus is our God, man, and He can supply the encouragement we need to stand firm, here's what's going to happen. Man, our actions are going to prove that Jesus is a better way. Man, our actions are going to prove to, to our family and our friends that, he, that he's worth it. And listen, if we're anchored there, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen too. We're not going to drift away. Man, we're, we're not going to drift uh, uh, away from Christ. We're going to keep our eyes focused on him. Now, the writer, he warns us early and he, he warns us often in this book. And here's the first warning. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Susanna just read it a minute ago. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we've heard, or we may drift away from it. Here it is right now. He said, hey, we must listen carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself? And then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Here's what he's saying this morning. Hey, listen, or you may drift away. Listen, or, or you may find yourself being pulled further and further from Christ. Listen, this warning for us is to listen carefully so we don't drift. Now remember, drifting takes no effort or action. It's just going with the flow and it never leads us to our desired destination. And here's the truth. We can all drift. The pastor can drift. Man, elders can drift. People that have been following Jesus for 30 years can drift. People that are following Jesus for a week can drift. Man, we can all drift if we're not careful. So for the next few weeks, 
And let's let God's word always, but especially the next few weeks, let's listen carefully. And let's be obedient to what Christ is calling us to do and, and to be. And let's be a church family that does not drift and that does not allow each other to drift. Let's love each other enough. This is my prayer. If you see a brother or sister in Christ that you feel like is drifting, man, they're caught up in the cross current of, of our culture, man, go after them. Lovingly go after them. That's the kind of church family I pray that we would be. So here's what we need to begin. So how, where do we begin? Let's listen to Jesus. Let's listen to Jesus. You know why? Because God spoke through Jesus. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, listen to this. He has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. Now listen to what he says. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He's talking about Jesus. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins... He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And this shows that the Son is far greater than the angels. The name of this series is Jesus Is. And as we walk through this series, you're going to see that Jesus is greater than angels. You're going to see Jesus is greater than Moses. You're going to see Jesus is greater than the priestly system. You're going to see Jesus is greater than any other sacrifice. You're going to see Jesus is greater all throughout the book of Hebrews. I got ahead of myself. But look how the book of Hebrews starts. Look how it starts. God speaks to us through his son. Growing up, I would see in Sunday school where God spoke through Moses. And man, I wanted a burning bush experience. Anybody else wanted God to burn up one of your bushes in your yard and speak to you? Man, every single one of us. Listen. What an honor it is that God would continue to speak to us through his son, Jesus, who's revealed through his word. Man, we have the living word of God. Do you want to hear from God? man? You know what I believe the answer is? that Yes, it's a resounding yes. I, I want to hear from God. I need to hear from God. And you know what I know to be true of you too? Man, you want to hear from God. And you know what I also know to be true? You need to hear from God. So here, here's, my, here's my challenge as we're walking through this series. Man, if set time to spend with God. If, if that is something that, that's gotten away from you, you, we've called it a quiet time. We've called it time alone with God. There's a lot of different terms. It's just a, a time of 10 or, or 15 minutes. Listen, I would share you what I do, but a lot of people go, well, that's what a pastor does. Only a pastor can spend time with God. That's a destructive lie. That's a, that's a destructive lie. But here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you want some help with that, ask your growth group leader. Ask your ministry team leader. Ask your step study leader man, how they spend time with the Lord. But spend some time with the Lord and let him speak to you. Man, to take time to, to read through the, the book of Hebrews, man, and let Jesus speak to you through the word. Here, here's some things. I, I'm doing this right now. You, you know, I know I'm a pastor. You can do it too, okay? Um, here's what I'm doing. And here's some things that he's shown me. Man, he's cleansed us from our sins. Jesus has cleansed us from our sins. Me and you, not just me, but you too. 
Man, if you've called on Jesus, man, in my quiet time, man, that blesses me. He has sent angels to care for us. How crazy is that? Listen, he has suffered death for us. He set us free from the fear of dying. He is merciful and faithful. He takes away our sins. He helps us when we're being tempted. All that came from my quiet time the other day. Now you're thinking, Scott, how did you get that out of there? It was written down in the words. It was, it was right there. And listen, I got a South Carolina education, and I still got it. And praise God I'm not from Alabama, though, right? <laughs> but we pray for them daily listen read his word and let Jesus speak to you through his word listen to him and then regularly man regularly be with the body Man, to regularly attend online, regularly attend uh, live. Man, get in, be in your growth group, your step study. Man, listen to the teaching and then and practice what you learn. Practice what you learn. So here, here if I'm going to fall short, there's a lot of places I'm going to fall short. But I think most of us is we can read and we can gain knowledge. But it's the application where we fall short. If you agree with me, just say, I agree. I agree. Yeah, man, I just, it's just, it's me and it's you. Man, isn't that the hard part? But listen, I want to tell you that, that where we experience Christ, where we really experience Christ and we experience the encouragement of Christ. And I'm not talking about an encouragement that's in the head. Oh, man, I'm so glad I know that. I'm talking about an encouragement that fills the heart. I'm talking about an encouragement that gives you joy. It's in the obedience of doing what Jesus said. Man, there is an enjoyment. There is a joy. There is a, an encouragement that's always on the other side of obedience. Man, let's listen and let's practice what we, what we learn. And then it's so important. Man, when, when, when he's writing this to this Jewish culture, these Jewish converts, you've got to understand, when they came to faith in Christ, man, their families disowned them. I mean, all they had were their brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, it may not happen like that all the time here in America. It does happen. But it's so important that you and I link arms with like-minded believers. And that's why our growth groups, our open share groups, our step studies, all these things are so, so important. And listen, this promise, I'm telling you what, if I promise you this, if you do these things, man, you spend time with Jesus, you link arms with other believers, man, you attend faithfully, I'm going to tell you, this is going to keep you from drifting. But also, we not only listen to Jesus, man, we look to Jesus. Man, we look to Jesus. Before we, we got a problem, we got something going on in, in our world, man, we look to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God's Son. In, in verse 3, we saw this. It said, the Son, which is Jesus, it radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Understand this. He's, he radiates God's own glory. He expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything. You and me. The universe by the power of his command. 
this writer wants us to know, you know what? Jesus is not just a good teacher and he's not just a, a fluke. Man, he's reminding us that Jesus is the Son of God. John reveals the same thing in, in John 1.14. He said, the word became human and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Over and over, he's telling us, Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God. And listen, if Jesus is the Son of God, then that gives him supreme power. And listen, part of that power is this. He's given Jesus the power to forgive sins. He's given Jesus the power not to forgive some sins. He's given Jesus the power to forgive all sins. And, and, and understand this. We all deal with sin issues. At some point, at some time, we're all tempted or we've all fallen, even after following Jesus. I love Psalm 130. It's not on the screen, but it says this, Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O oh Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. For the Christian, being forgiven of our sin, our sins, as, as one of the psalmists said, they stack up high to the heavens. Being forgiven reminds us, though our hearts are prone to wander, that we haven't drifted too far that God can't forgive us. I, I, I want you to, to know something this morning. You, you may think, I, I've drifted so far, and my sins, they, yeah, they, 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 they stack up past the heavens. I, I want to say this to you. Man, you, you've not drifted so far that you're unlovable and you're unforgivable. I'm going to tell you something. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And Jesus wants to forgive you. Listen, not only does he want to forgive you, Jesus loves to forgive people. Man, he loves it when you and I come to him and say, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I'm telling you this morning, that's where you're at. You need forgiveness. You, you need to come back to Jesus. Man, look to Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you what he's doing. He's on the shore. He's like, hey, right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Listen to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And maybe most importantly, man, live in Jesus. Man, live in Jesus. Now, you could be thinking, you know, Scott, you've said a lot of stuff this morning. And, and all that, 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 that sounds great. But what does Jesus know of my struggles? What, what does he know of my struggles? I mean, we've already said that he's God's son and, and God speaks through him. So how in the world, if he's God's son, how can he relate to me? How can he relate to, to my drifting? Because he's, he's not like me. It's almost like the writer of Hebrews anticipates this question. In, in verse 17, he says this. Therefore, it was necessary for him, listen to this truth, to be made in every respect like us. Therefore, it was necessary for Jesus to be made in every way, in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God, the one who would offer the sacrifice for sins. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away 
the sins of the people. And listen, here's the, in verse 18. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we're being tested, when we're being tempted. Understand this. He himself has gone through the suffering of the testing. And he's able to help us when we are being tested ourselves. So how do we, how do we live in him? Understand this. And Jesus, our God, and he's close to us. And he's close to us. He, listen, I want you to understand this. That he understands you. He, he understands me. He understands what we are made of. He, he gets us. Man, when you're, when you're like, man, I, this is the, the fifth time or the 5,000th time. Man, what's going on? God must hate me. I'm going to tell you something. He gets you. He understands you. Now, is he calling us to obedience? Yes. But is he merciful and full of mercy and forgiveness? Yes. He's merciful. He sacrifices for us. He saves us. He helps us. I find that most people are battling something. You know, on, on this side of earth. And, you know, I've been walking with Jesus now for, you know, oh goodness, a uh, uh, long time. 30, maybe 34, 35 years. You know, I'm just walking with Jesus. And I am more aware of my sin today than I was then. Now, I used to read these great theologians who, who would say stuff like that. And I would think, man, what's their problem? They're human, <laughs> you know. But I think the closer I get to Jesus, the more aware of sin in my life. And the more aware I am. And so I find that most people are battling something. And I don't know how long you've been walking with Jesus, but maybe your battle this morning, if, if you had to name it right now, maybe it's alcoholism. Man, you're battling it. And you're just like, Jesus hates me. No, 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 no. Jesus helps us. Jesus comes to us. Maybe it's porn. I'm telling you right now, he doesn't hate you. Man, he loves you. Wants to set you free. Wants to forgive you. And I'm telling you, as you live in him, you learn that freedom. Maybe today you're thinking about giving up on your marriage. And I'm telling you right now, you live in Jesus. And he's going to give you hope. He's going to give you strength. He's going to renew you unlike the culture can do. Maybe it's depression. I want to tell you, he's going to lead you and love you and, and show you and encourage you. You know why? Because Jesus, our God, is close to us. He understands us. He's, he's merciful. He sacrifices for us. He saves us. And he helps us. That's why. He is for you. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is for you. He's not against you. And in, in verse 14, it says this. 
Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Listen, Jesus is our God. Jesus is our God. He became a man to die so that men would not be afraid to die. This is good news. I want you to know something. Death has been defeated for you. Man, if you follow Jesus, you have no fear of death. Now, I don't want to go through the process of dying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not looking forward to that, whatever it may be. But the fear of where I'm going to be, man, there's no fear of death for me. And there should be no fear. There should be no reason to fear whatsoever. Man, if Jesus has defeated death, man, there's no reason to fear whatsoever. Jesus is our God. He is close to us and he has made a way for us to no longer drift. But for us to be near him for eternity. Tracy and I were talking the other day about Jesus. And it's like, man, we are, uh, he is in us. And he is beside us. And he is all around us. Man, we walk through every day with him in us and beside us and, and all around us. So listen carefully. Man, listen to him. Look to him. Live in him. And if you feel like you're drifting, man, do the opposite. Man, drop, drop an anchor, man. Stand firm. Man, drop an anchor. Stop the drifting. Years ago, we had a youth minister here on staff. His name was Greg Miller. And man, it seemed like about every, every Thursday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, we'd, we'd go fishing. And we had a special place um, out those doors. And uh, man, we would go there. And um, one day, just a breeze. And we kept trying to hit this one bank. And there's a lot of, you know, growth on the bank. And we kept getting hits. And, um, and so we... I'm going to say I said this, it may have been me, but I said, throw the anchor out. And he threw the anchor out, and it seemed like we just kept drifting. The rope was tied to the anchor, but not to the, yeah, boat. So, well, eventually there was another anchor there, and we, we threw it in the, well, we made sure it was tied to the boat. And then, then we threw it in. And uh, I can't tell you if we caught any fish or not. All I remember is we threw somebody's anchor out the boat. Dropping anchor versus setting the anchor. Dropping the anchor might be attending church once in a while, whether online or, or live. But setting the anchor? See, when you, when, you, when you set the anchor, man, you're here. And you're not just here for your benefit. Man, you're here for the benefit of, of those around you. Man, setting the anchor is, man, it's reading and obeying God's word. It's listening to Jesus. It means you're, you're going to come to church and, and you're going to hear these messages or, or, or your Sunday school class or you're going to hear to the messages in your growth groups or, or ladies event. You're going to hear these messages that celebrate and you're going to do what they say. Man, setting the anchor means you're, you're going to link arms with other believers and you're going to walk arm in arm as you follow Jesus, 
And it's harder to drift when you're linking arm in arm. Setting the anchor means you're going to stand firm in the good news that, that you have nothing to fear. And you, I tell you, in order to do that, you're going to need the encouragement that comes from other believers. Be obedient. Man, it seems like in today's world, obedience is like, oh, I hate that word. It doesn't feel good. I'm telling you, man, clothe yourselves with the obedience that comes when Jesus tells you what to do. And I'm going to tell you something. Your joy, man, your confidence in Christ, your faith, man, it's going to grow. And you know what? You're not, not only are you not going to drift, you're going to prevent other people from drifting. And you'll be able to declare confidently that you know without a doubt that Jesus is our God. He's not just some fluke and he's not just some good teacher. No, you'll know without a doubt he's our God. And your joy, man, will surpass any anxiety, surpass any fear. I'm not saying they'll disappear. But you'll know the joy of walking with Jesus. Father God. What incredible love you have lavished on us. Father, what incredible love that you have shown to us. Father, a messed up, prone to wander people, God. And yet you call us the bride of Christ. And Father, we have seen in your word how merciful you are. How much you've sacrificed. Father, how much you've granted to us. How much you're waving on the shore for us to come back. Father, overwhelm us through the message of your word. How much you love us. Father, encourage us. Lord, that we're not unlovable. And that we're not unforgivable. And Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in the room right now. Maybe they feel like, Father, they're way down the shore from where you are. And Father, maybe they feel, Father, whatever it may be, guilty, unworthy, whatever it may be. Father, you came to save us all. And I pray, Father, Lord, they would leave here today knowing how much you love them. And, Father, you're calling them by name, Father, to return. So, Father, I thank you for this incredible love. I thank you, Father, for what you've done and, Father, what you're doing. And, Father, we love you and we pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, I look forward to uh, walking through this series uh, with you together. And so I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you for joining us online. I hope you join us online again. And uh, anyway, I will see you next Sunday.